0: yesterday evening, right as I began my fast, is when this sickness hit me. And when I tell you it hit me out of nowhere, it absolutely hit me out of nowhere. And I felt like I had been body slammed. Um, And I'm probably never, I've never been the best patient anyway, I'm sure. (coughs) My wife will tell you, though, I wasn't any better of a patient yesterday evening. And I had a thought cross my mind. I'm not so sure that this isn't a spiritual battle I'm fighting right now. It's interesting that the timing of it would be whenever we are getting ready to start our time of prayer and fasting, that we've committed to read the Bible through together as a church this year. And then, as I was, that I would be in the middle of preparing for this communion service and what God would speak to our church. I just found it a little coincidental. I sent a message to a good friend of mine this morning when I left here, when Brother Shea was teaching Sunday school. I went to grab me a glass of water, and uh, I sent a message to a friend of mine. I said, please say a prayer for me. I said, I was very sick last night, and I feel like... uh, that I'm going to need the help of the Lord today in, uh, in, in preaching. And it's our communion service. I was up all night, so please say a prayer. And he said, he sent back to me, he said, I am too. He said, I'm still at home in bed. I'm just now getting ready and going to go to the church to preach, and then I'll probably leave. I understand. I'm praying for you. And then he sent me something else. He said, please don't think I'm crazy, but the last time I went through this, I felt like he, I had something revealed to me um, that was very intimidating. And uh, God has revealed this spiritual attack to me and reminded me that we are not ignorant of His devices. This is what he said. I feel the same prince attacking me that showed up two years ago in January when we were both so sick and attacked mentally. Everything is exactly the same. If he's here, he's either coming from you or we will try to at some point. Begin praying a covering of blood, prayer, spirit, the shield of faith over your home and family, over the boundaries of your property, city, and region, your church, over everyone connected to you. Release angels to war for you in ways you cannot understand to avoid torment before and after you come. As you travel, pray that your path would be hidden from the eyes of the enemy. And remember, God has not given us the spirit of fear and we are not ignorant of his devices. I told him, I said, I believe it. I said, I don't think you're crazy at all. Because God revealed this spirit to me two years ago as well. And you remember me, some of you will remember me telling you the story. God doesn't speak to me in dreams often. Um, that's, that's typically not his method of speaking to me. For some of you, it may be more prevalent. But it's, it has been for my mother, but it's never been for me. But a couple of years ago, I had a dream. And in my dream, I woke up and I was laying in my bed And I looked up, and there was a foul spirit on top of my chest that was choking me, and I couldn't breathe. And for just a moment, I had a little bit of fear go through my heart, and then I thought to myself, who in the world does this spirit think he is, that he he could intimidate me? And so in my dream, I reached up. It was very real. I reached up and grabbed his neck and said, in the name of Jesus, and I threw him down beside me in the bed, and I grabbed his neck, and I said, tell me your name. I don't know why I asked him that, I just did. I said, tell me your name, and he said, he, said, he wasn't going to tell me, he buttoned up his lips, and... I said, in the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to tell me your name. And you could see the the frustration and the anger that came over him, but he had to do it. And he looked at me and he said, resistance, my name is resistance. And I feel like that same spirit of resistance is trying to make a turnaround and a comeback to resist, once again, and intimidate the people of God. And I don't know that this sickness that I'm dealing with is a spiritual thing. I can't guarantee you that, but I feel like it is. And I will tell you that whenever I left here today to get that water, I began to pray, and I began to speak to the Lord, and then I began to speak to that spirit. And when I did, I felt something kind of begin to break and loosen and... While I'm not I'm not going to tell you I'm a hundred percent, I'm a whole lot better than I was when I got up this morning. I tell you that to tell you this. if he's attacking me, he's attacking you. And the reason he is attacking is because he sees the commitment that we have made to allowing God to begin to minister in our lives and To do something wonderful in our church. And the devil will always fight against the work of God being done in our lives. The devil hates you, the devil hates me. The devil hates the great God that we serve. He desired to be lifted up as a God, but he was cast down from the heavens. And now uh, hell is his domain. And he is the prince of the power of the air, but he does not have authority over the things of God. And so while he does attempt to resist us, if we will but remember who we are, and if we will but remember what we have within us, the gift of the Holy Ghost, I tell you today, there is no weapon that is formed against you that shall prosper. And every tongue that riseth up against you in judgment... God will condemn. What we must do at this time of resistance is we must make sure that we give God all the room he needs to work in our lives. My subject this morning, and I won't preach long, but my subject this morning is simply make room Make room. I was listening, watching a message that Brother Terry Schott preached, and and it just reached out and grabbed a hold of me. And Brother Schott made a statement. And I put it out on social media. Some of you may have seen it. Uh, he said, "If you will, uh, if you will give God room, God will take all the room that you will give to Him." If you will make room for God, he will take the room that you give him. But if you do not make room for God, he will not take room where he is not wanted. And everybody that is in this room today, everybody under the sound of my voice right now, and I feel like you need to listen to me because I've got an anointing to preach to you today. Everybody in this room today needs to understand that in order for God to work in our lives, we must make room room for him I promise you today I promise you today that if you will make room for God he will fill the room he will fill the room 1 Kings chapter 5 and verse number 5 the scripture says and behold I purpose to build a house under the name of the Lord my God as the Lord spake unto David my father, saying, Thy son, whom I will set up on thy throne in thy room, he shall build a house unto my name. If you know anything about the Bible, you will perhaps know that Solomon did just what he purposed to do. He built a house to the name of the Lord. And when he made room for God, the Bible says that as they began to dedicate that house and they began to offer up sacrifices, the Bible said that the presence of God descended. The glory of the Lord descended on that house. And it was so strong that the priest could not stand to minister because of the glory of God that had come upon that house. It was the prayer Solomon prayed that allowed God to come down upon that house. It was his prayer saying, God, we desire you. God, we need you. Lord, we've got to have you in our lives. I tell you today that there are some people, perhaps even in this room, there are some who cannot hear him because he has no room in your life. And, the, and if you have given him some, it's very small, it's very cozy, it's, it's, very, uh, it's very structured and ordered to fit in the rest of your life. And it is a small portion, but if you will make room for him, I am telling you that today God will change your life. There's a few things I want to tell you to make room for God in your life in 2019. The first one is this. Make room for God in your schedule this year. Make room for God in your schedule. If you've had a hard time in 2018 getting to the house of God, make up your mind you're going to be in the house of God this year. I won't, I'm not going to say that every service we have in this church, we always feel, walk away from here feeling, at least I don't, like we hit the ball out of the park. I'll be honest with you. There's been several days I thought, I'd like to have that one back. I wish we could try that one again. It's not always what it's felt like in here today. And and it's never going to be that way. Uh, if we always had it at such a high level, I, I think that we would grow so accustomed to it that, that um, it, it, it would begin to operate and work against us. Um, but I'm going to tell you this. I do believe every time we come here, if it's a powerful, deep service like we are experiencing right now or if it just seems to be a more... Uh, routine service, I am going to tell you that I believe God is speaking to us. I will tell you that I don't come to this pulpit without feeling like I have a word from the Lord. And if I've got a word from the Lord, I'd I'd sure appreciate you being here to hear it. Because it helps this church if we all come together and rally around that word. It's very hard for us all. Please hear me right now. I'm not probably going to holler today. It's very hard for all of us to get on... Bored with what God is wanting to do if we're not making room for him in our schedule. Uh, I know it's tough. I know we've got work. I know nights can go late. And, and, and I, I understand all of that. And I understand sickness happens and all of those things. But I want to call all of us in this church back to a place where we get rid of excuses where we get rid of things that would hinder us, that the weight that does so easily beset us, we would lay it aside and we would make up our minds that we will give God room in our schedules this year. It's a new year. It's a new day. It's an opportunity for you to start afresh. Acts 24 and 24. The Bible said Paul had been sent and was in prison and he's brought before a governor named Felix And the Bible said, and after certain days when Felix came with his wife Drusilla, which was a Jewess, he sent for Paul and heard him. He sent for Paul and he heard him concerning the faith in Christ. And as he, Paul, reasoned of righteousness, temperance, judgment to come, Felix trembled and answered, He said, go your way for a time. When I have a convenient season, I will call you. When Paul started preaching to him and reasoning with him about righteousness, about having a balanced life, about judgment to come, eternity, when he began to reason with him, Felix trembled. He wanted what Paul had. And you wouldn't be here today if you didn't want what we have in this service. Felix wanted what Paul had. But he said, it's not a very convenient time for me, Paul. So why don't you go away? And when it's convenient, I'll have you come back. But you never find where Felix made the step to convert his life. He had no room in his schedule for God. For whatever reason. And I'm going to tell you this morning, make room in your schedule. I'm about the reason of righteousness. And I'm going to reason of balance. And I'm going to reason of judgment to come. And I'm going to beg you today to not let this be an inconvenient season for you. If God is speaking to us today, that means God has ordained this season as our season. The second thing we have to make room for God in 2019 is in our finances. I know that we're not supposed to talk about money in churches. And there was a time that I had a hard time doing that. And I still don't do it as much as I should. But I'm not afraid to tell you that we need to be faithful in our finances. We're at a point in this church where it's not going to affect my income. What you do or don't do. So I don't say it because you're going you're gonna to pad my pockets. I'm not, a, I'm not a hireling. You hear me right now. I am no hireling. And I don't preach for your money. And I don't teach for your money. I do this because of the call of God in my life. Right. And so what you do or don't do ain't going to make any difference to me. I'm going to keep doing what I do. It's not going to pad my pockets. Uh, I, I, I've already set some things that, that are just going to be set. and it's that, So it's not going to make one bit of difference in my life. You hear me right now. It's not going to make a bit of difference in my life. That said, I've got to preach and tell you that if we don't put God in our finances, if we don't make room for God in our finances, we're going to find ourselves getting pulled away into some other things and pulled away from where our heart should be fixed. Matthew six nineteen, the Bible said, Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Your heart follows your treasure. And if your treasure is in anything else outside of God, I'm not telling you you can't have something. I'm saying where your commitment is. Where your investment is. If, if your treasure is in anything else, your heart's going to follow that. You hear what I'm saying right now? I'm not telling you something I said. I'm telling you what Jesus Christ said. He said where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And I could go through this church. I don't I don't keep just a real close eye on all of those things, but I do know some of our people who have been faithful for many, many years in this church. And I could tell you the people in this church who love God. I can tell you the people in this church who live committed lives to God. And you know how I can... I I could go look at the books right now, Brother Terry, and I guarantee you I could name names and we could go to the books and we're going to see that where their treasure is, that's where their heart is also. I know that don't preach real good. That's not an evangelistic message. But I'm telling you what will change your life in 2019. Make room for God in your finances. These are just some things I felt the Lord speak to me. Another one is this. Make room for God in your children's commitments. Make room for God in your children's commitments. I love my kids. I love my kids. I'm trying to be a good daddy to them. I'm trying to do everything I can so that when they get older and they have their own families they will say, I had a good dad. I, I, he may not have done everything right, but he was a good dad. He may, uh, he may have made some mistakes, but he was a good dad. I'm not going to tell you that I think I'm going to get everything right. I promise you I don't. Come hang out around our house for a week and you'll find out I don't. I don't think I do. I don't, I don't even think I'm close to it. But I will tell you this, I'm doing everything I can to be the best I can, and if I expect Asher, uh, and I'm sorry to pick on you, buddy. And every once in a while, this is one of the, this is one of the uh, drawbacks of being the pastor's kid. Okay, I'm not trying to pick on you, and y'all do me a favor when I do stuff like this. Don't ever let this cause you to to think I'm trying to elevate my kids or anything like that. I'm not doing that. I'm picking on mine because I don't want to pick on yours. Okay, I can make it right with him <laughs> I may not be able to make it right with yours Asher come here buddy I thank God it was a, two or three years ago now God filled Asher with the Holy Ghost at a kids revival in when I thank the Lord for that he, he filled Nora with the Holy Ghost this year at our kids or his past year at our kids revival I thank God for that. Can't tell you what that did for me. But let me tell you something. Let me tell you what I think is doing more for me than one moment. And I thank God for the moment he got the Holy Ghost. Because he can't be born again without spirit. So I'm not downplaying the importance of the spirit of God. You understand me. I thank God for what he did there. But I'm going to tell you what's what's blessing me as much, if not more, and that's to go to a holiday youth convention and watching him lift his hands and praise God and seek God. We don't always do it. Some days we leave church and Dad says, Matter of fact, I'll I'll just be honest with you, both mine got in trouble at holiday youth convention too. We looked up. They went to sit with their non-A at the front in the, in the special seating. And I look up, and here comes one of mine walking down the aisle in the middle of everybody sitting down. All the way from the front, we were all the way in the back. And comes walking back there. And I said, what do you think you're doing? And we went outside and had a talk and a come-to-Jesus meeting. And I told them, I said, we don't do that. Y'all okay right now? I said, we don't do that. We're not getting up and walking around during the preaching of the Word of God. It's The Word of God's the most important thing that will ever affect your life. And you're going to sit and you're going to listen to the preaching of the Word of God. And I got that one taken care of. And lo and behold, four minutes later, here come the other one walking down the aisle. And they were doing this because I guess they thought it helped. (laughs) And it didn't help. And dad had another come to Jesus meeting. And so I'm not trying to say we get everything right. But you know why we had that discussion? Because I wanted my kids to know how we act in the house of God. They may mess up. I've had my daughter get up and, and jump around this church and walk around this church. And we've talked about that. And, and we're going to do better about that. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something, parents. We've got to help our children in their commitments. And we can point them in a lot of different directions in this world. We can point them in a lot of different directions in this world. But if we don't train them up in the way that they should go, we have no right to expect God to keep them in that way. And let me just tell you something. Just bringing them to church doesn't train them up. Right. The training we do happens very little inside this building. Right. Now, it does happen in this building. You watch us. We'll be in worship. And I, I'm glad I'm not leading worship anymore because I can be down here. And I'll lean over and say, hey, I want to see you worship and lifting your hands, getting involved in this. And we're going to do that. Um, and I, and I'll, I'll train them here. But most of the training we do, we do at home or driving down the road. And I can't expect my kids to live for God if I don't train them up in the way that they should go. I've got to give everything I can to this. I don't have a more important commitment. I thank God that I'm pastoring this church. But pastoring this church is not a more important commitment to me than trying to train these kids to live for God. I, I, I'm I'm working harder at that than I'm than anything else, and I get it wrong a lot of times. I'm not even trying to tell you I get it always right, and my kids are going to have their own decisions to make. And I could do everything right, and it won't guarantee what they're going to do. And nobody in this room judges anybody in this room if their kids aren't where they need to be with God. You hear me? Nobody in this room judges you for that. We can't make their decisions for them. But we can give them the best opportunity that they could ever have to live for God. I love you. Let me give you a scripture. Let me give you a scripture. Psalm 127, 3 and 4. Lo, children are a heritage of the Lord. And the fruit of the womb is his reward. As arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are children of the youth. Just as that archer reaches back with that arrow and he points that arrow wherever he wants it to go, and he directs that arrow and says, There's my target. (laughs) He aims for that target, he's very intentional. The archer, if he's hoping to hit over there, he doesn't pull the arrow out right here and shoot this direction. He turns. He he makes the target as small as he can. Aim small, miss small. And he tries to shoot that target. And if we don't do the same with our kids, woe be unto us. Woe be unto us. You can point your kids in a lot of different directions in this old world. But I'm going to tell you in 2019, make the number one direction you point them be toward the things of God. Reach back. Give it everything you've got. Aim small. Miss small. And shoot for the things of God. I end with this. We've got to make room for God in our lifestyle. In 2019. Please listen to this scripture Ephesians 2 and 1. And you hath he quickened, who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world. Please hear this. You were dead in your trespasses and sins. In times past you walked according to the course of this world. And according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation. That word means lifestyle, it means behavior. We all had our same behavior and lifestyle in times past, in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others We were born sinners, folks. We were born sinners. And yet we have been quickened. We were dead in trespasses and sins. But thank God for His Spirit. He quickened us and He made us to live again. And no longer do we do that. The Amplified Version says it this way. And you he made alive when you were spiritually dead and separated from him because of your transgressions and sins in which you once walked. You were following the ways of this world. You were influenced by this present age in accordance with the prince of the power of the air who is Satan, the spirit who is now at work in the disobedient, which is the unbelieving who fight, watch this, who fight against the purposes of, Of God. They fight against the purposes of God. Among these unbelievers we all once lived in the passions of our flesh. Our behavior being governed by the sinful self. Indulging the desires of a human nature without the Holy Spirit. And the impulses of the sinful mind. We were by nature children under the sentence of God's wrath. Just like the rest of mankind. That's who we were but that's not who we are. Now, you hear me right now. I said that's who we were, but that is not who we are. We are not a worldly people. We are not a people governed by the lusts of our flesh and by the impulses of our carnal minds. That is not who we are. God gave us the Spirit of the Holy Ghost to dwell within us, to empower us. And I've got victory over that. Yeah, I've got a carnal nature just like anybody else in this room, but I'm not going to let that carnal nature destroy my life. I'm not going to let that carnal nature tell me how I'm going to live. I don't care who says what. I don't care what the flesh says. I'm not interested in what you, the the flesh, the world, anybody else has to say. All I'm interested in, in is what does God have to say about the way I'm living my life. Ephesians 4, 17. This I say therefore, and testify in the Lord, that ye henceforth, going from this point on, walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart, who being past feeling have given themselves over unto lasciviousness to work all uncleanness with greediness. But you have not so learned Christ. If so be that you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning the former lifestyle, the former behavior, put off the old man which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust and be renewed in the spirit of your mind and that ye put on the new man which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Let go. If there is something that has been dragging you down that is a part of an old man lifestyle. If there is something that has had... Uh, a stronghold in your life that is from an old man lifestyle. Today, I urge you, I encourage you, I beg you, I beseech you, I plead with you. Put it off. Put on the new man. Put on the new woman. And let God start something new in your life. Let God start something new in your life. If you'll let me read two more verses, two more settings of Scripture, I'll be very quick. Hebrews 13, 7. Give me Hebrews 13 and 7. And then get ready for verse 17 as well. Remember them which have the rule over you, who have spoken unto you the word of God, whose faith follow, considering the end of their lifestyle, their behavior. That word rule doesn't mean to lord over. So get get that out of your mind. I'm not interested in being a lord over God's heritage. But I am interested in being who God called me to be. Because if I'm not the pastor God called me to be, God's going to hold me accountable for it. So that word that says have the rule over you, that basically means remember them which have a leadership position in the spirit over you. And I will tell you that as your pastor, that's what God's called me to do. Uh, That's hard to say, and there's probably people in this room that you bristle when you hear me say that. You can take it up with God. It's His Word. It's not mine. But I am going to tell you, remember them which have the rule over you, which have spoken unto you the Word of God. You've heard the word of God I've preached to you. You know what I believe. You know what I teach. Please, please, don't fight against it. Don't back up from it. Embrace what God speaks to this church. Give me verse 17. It's in the same context. Obey them. You've heard this one. Obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves for they watch for your souls as they that must give account that they may do it with joy and not with grief for that is unprofitable for you. I've heard a lot of people say they've used this scripture to say that as your pastor I'm going to stand before God in the judgment and I'm going to say God this is the saint that that you placed me as an under shepherd over and and this is so and so and here's an account that I have as their pastor. I've heard some people teach that. I don't believe that. Um, There's no way for me to know everything going on in your life. If you want to lie to this pastor, you can lie to this pastor. If you want to hide things, you can hide things. And I'm not even the least bit interested in being your policeman. I won't chase you down. I'm not going to beat you up. I'm not going to make you want to live for God. I can't do it, and I won't do it. I'm going to preach to you. I'm going to love you. I'm going to do everything I can to get you involved in the in the kingdom of the Lord. But I'm not going to try to beat you up to get you to do it. When it says that they watch for your souls as they that must give an account... What I believe that means is that I'm going to have to give an account one of these days for how I pastored you. I'm going to have to give an account for how I... That's why I'm preaching like I'm preaching right now. Because I don't want to stand before God and say, Lord, I was a little bit scared of them. And we had a good congregation going and I didn't want them to run off and leave. So I didn't say some things and I know you wanted me to. I didn't say it. No... You know what causes people to do that? When they're trying to pastor people who don't want to obey what God is speaking. And that's what causes preachers, good preachers, good men of God, that's what causes some of the best to back up off some things and not be consistent in what they preach and teach in the church they pastor. If the Lord will help me, I will never do that because I'm not... I want to stand before God with joy and not with grief because that would be unprofitable for you because that, what that means is that would mean that you didn't hear what you needed to hear and now you can't be saved according to how God wanted you to be saved. You need a preacher, a pastor that will preach it just as clear as he can. Last verse, Philippians 1.27. Philippians 1.27, I'm going to go through verse number 30. Only let your lifestyle be as it becometh the gospel of Christ, that whether I come and see you or else be absent, I may hear of your affairs, that ye stand fast in one spirit, with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. And in nothing terrified by your adversaries, which is to them an evident token of perdition, but to you of salvation and that of God. For unto you it is given in the behalf of Christ, not only to believe on him, but also to suffer for his sake. And we've got to get away from this business of not wanting to suffer for the sake of Jesus Christ. I know that we're a people who who have some strong stands in I'm quite thankful for our strong stands because our strong stands mean we will have some people who will, who will persecute us and we will suffer for his sake sometimes. But that tells me that I'm doing something right. And if I don't ever suffer for his sake, something's wrong. Verse 30 having the same conflict which he saw in me and now here to be in me. Paul said, the same conflict that I had in my life, you need to have it in your life. I dealt with some stuff you need to be dealing with because it will have meant that you have stood up and you have lived a life for God. And if you give me verse 27 again, this was really what I wanted to point out here. He said this to that church at Philippi. He said, let your life be as it becometh the gospel of Christ, whether I come to see you or I'm absent. I'll hear of your affairs. Stand fast in one spirit with one mind, striving for the faith of the gospel. Don't just live this way when your pastor's around. Let your lifestyle be as it becometh the gospel of Christ. Whether I'm around or not. Whether your brother, your sister in the church is around or not. Make up your mind to live for God. Now I've unburdened my soul today. And I'm telling you some things that God wants us to make room for him in 2019. He wants us to make room in our schedules If you've got a schedule with your kids and and you're more faithful to that schedule than you are God's schedule, woe be unto you. Your children's commitments, your finances, and your lifestyle make room for God in 2019. Well, He'll understand. God understands, the Lord understands. How long are we going to keep saying that? How long are we going to keep making excuses? Help us, God. I'd like to ask that you would bow your heads and that all over this room we would begin to have mass repentance take place. I feel like God's been in this room from the get-go this morning. And I'm going to ask you that you would take some time right now and you would ask God to search your heart You'd ask God to speak to you. Could we do that? Go ahead and lift your voice.